This, this, this is Fight Disciples. Uh, welcome to podcast episode 286. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but we do talk about other franchises and businesses as well. If you have only just come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Our website is fightdisciples.com for all Android feeds, Spotify and all that if you choose to listen to us that way. At Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please follow us on those platforms. Don't just listen to me wittering on about it. Go to it because we keep the content alive throughout the course of the week uh, on those platforms, all right? So we exist uh, in other places other than just your ears. Uh, Now then, at the weekend, Justin Gaethje stole the show, but we're going to talk about him in a minute or so because I reckon now performance of the night bonuses should be going to referees, especially if the referee's name is Keith Peterson. The dude is a fucking Don. He is the greatest thing to ever happen to mixed martial arts. No offence, Mark Goddard. I love you. Yes, every now and again you pop up on the Fight Disciples podcast and do some wonderful stuff, but I am hunting down Keith Peterson. I want that dude to be doing a podcast because he takes no shit. He is zero fucks given, Keith Peterson. Sir, you ready? Sir, you ready? Fight! And then when you do fight, if you do anything a little bit untoward, like poke somebody in the eye, he's going to kick the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> Love the guy, mate. And how rapid is he on knockout punches? Yep. Everybody else is like on their heels a little bit. He's in there. You know what I mean? He's like on his toes. As soon as the shots landed, he's in there straight away, keeping everybody safe. Dana, if you were watching that other weekend, Keith Peterson should have got performance of the night bonus. He was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah, man. He should be the mainstay of every New York card, proper New Yorker. And I love it. I love the way the sport's evolving so much now. Even our referees have got throat tattoos. Yes. Even Big our fan referees of that. He's, he's trying badass. his best. He's trying his best to cover up his tattoos, wearing the yeah. long sleeved and wearing the, yeah. the, the long trousers and all trying that. Trying to look professional. That's it. You know what I mean? I thought he might put a little turtleneck, little roll neck on. No, we can see it peeping over the top there, Keith. We know what you're doing, son. You're a little badass. He's mint, though, isn't he? He's slick, though, isn't he, man? Fast on his feet. He was a fighter, you know? He was a banter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, man. He can fight like so. That's the good thing about MMA because the sport's so young. The the growth explosion meant that there's so many more referees in MMA are former fighters. Yeah, unlike boxing where they're just fucking our fat bastards. Most of them in in MMA. Loads for those of that don't, those that don't understand what Nick just said, listen Al, to the boxing show. Al fat bastards means old fat men. <laughs> <laughs> but keep blazer it. brigade. There's yeah. loads of the Blazer Brigade, yeah, yeah, but MMA yeah. isn't old enough to have a Blazer Brigade. We don't have a Blazer well, Brigade. Well, you know full well that Keith's still rolling. We have a, a tap-out T-shirt Brigade. That's, that's MMA's <laughs> version of the previous generation, the founder generation, the tap-out T-shirt generation, yeah. He's still rolling. There's no question about it. Fuck the, yeah. The way that he's so switched on to what's happening in a fight but is outstanding. But they all did fought at a high level. Mark Goddard's still fucking competing now and kicking asses in jiu-jitsu tournaments up and down the country. That's the difference. These guys are active in the sport, so they they recognise stuff quicker. They move quicker. They're all over it. They can see setups. They can see finishes. Man, he was badass. He's great, wasn't he? he he's got to be the main. He, he's from New York. He's got to be the mainstay of all New York shows. He mm. should be the guy, mm. but he's, he doesn't seem to get the opportunities that Mark or Herb or other fight or the referees get. After performances like this, he should be getting more opportunities for the big shows. Should be getting a bonus, mate. Is yeah, what he should be getting. Um, listen, put it down on our bucket list. I'm sure you. I'm, I'm sure you're going to now piss all over my chips and say that you've already done this. Uh, but before I call time on obviously um, covering this sport when I retire, mm-hmm. I and he'll probably still be going by the time I retire in about forty years' time, mate. I need to see Justin Gaethje live. 
I need to be in the arena when that moron fights. He is an absolute lunatic, isn't he? He's fucking ace, isn't he? He's tremendous. He is absolutely tremendous. His entire career is just 100% a highlight reel. Hmm. Literally a highlight reel. When he eventually retires out of this sport and they pay tribute to him and someone puts a a little video together, maybe there's something on YouTube already, but this guy is just... He's never in a dull fight. If you watch Jason, Justin Gaethje fight and it doesn't give you a hard and it doesn't make the hairs on the back of your neck stand All up. Right, steady on. What the fuck are you watching <laughs> MMA for? Especially if you're British. You know, if you're Brazilian and you, you love the jiu-jitsu, I love the jits, man. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. Then, okay, I get it. But for, if you're, you're doing you're, impressions again. You got called out on impressions last week. Because it was good. <laughs> so I'm going to do more. I've been practicing your, all week. Your Curtis Blades was terrible <laughs> last week. Now you do. It was, it was that that you just done. This is my... Brazilian jiu-jitsu, man. Is that, I, mean, I do jiu-jitsu. Is that Barbosa? Jiu-jitsu. Have you just done <laughs> No, this is Barbosa. <laughs> He's fast asleep. Absolutely. Still kipping. He was absolutely still kipping. If you watch Justin Gaethje fight and you don't fucking get a little tingle under your gooch, then you're not a fight fan because the guy is pay-per-view 100%. <laughs> Yes, he I think if you're getting a tingling t- pay-per-view, I think if you're getting a little bit of a tingle under your gooch, you need to go and see somebody about that, mate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't think it's anything to do with just engaging. Don't know what a gooch is. Google that shit. <laughs> we predict many, many things in fight sports. Obviously, on a week by week basis. One badly. thing, <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of the times badly. But one thing that we've never got wrong is when we say go and watch a Justin Gaethje fight. When yeah. Justin Gaethje's fighting, serious shit's going to happen. Stay up. Absolutely stay to up. To stay up Well, to be fair, Philly at the weekend, it was easy to stay up. The main event were on at two o'clock in the morning, that mate. fucking ace. Job done. Absolutely brilliant. I'm all for it. I love this new ESPN era. We are. If it means having hang the main on, events hang on. Tell, at the right time. Tell people the truth, right? What you've done. You've gone to the boxing at the weekend. You've got yeah. home. you poured yourself a Jack Daniels, because I know I, I know what your routine is. Yeah. you poured yourself a Jack Daniels. You've started watching the main card, because Paul Craig was on that main card. Prelims had already finished. Right. to go back on Sunday. Exactly. So me and you were texting. I said, Paul Craig's fucking loves the last minute yes. sub. We'll get to that in a minute, right? So we were chatting all about that. And then I was like, ooh, ooh, here we go. That's it. Smoke show. Well, then you ain't quiet, right? Anyway, you've rocked up at my house this morning and you've gone, "Uh, can you just do us a favour and put Getchy on TV? I said, why do you want to watch it again? He goes, no, I've tried to watch it three times and fallen asleep. (laughs) So you you, you didn't make the two o'clock cut off. Two o'clock's perfect for us. But you fell asleep during it all, man. I know. And I've, I've been gardening all day on a Saturday. And then gardening? To the Look at you. This is it. This is the fight, disciples. This is where we're at, baby. Gardening <laughs> during the day. <laughs> I, was you... I, f- I fell asleep. <laughs> I was fucked <laughs> up gardening. <laughs> Can you believe it as well? I literally I got... Too much fresh air for old man. Get I'm to watching, bed. I'm watching Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Great fight. And I can feel myself going. And I'm like, I'm waiting for Josh Emmett to, be, to get his fucking performance of the night bonus. I thought he was ace. And I could feel myself going. And then I woke up and was like, shit. So the next night, I watched the prelims. I thought, all right, I'll start with the prelims because I missed them. So I watched Ross Pierce and all that stuff. Fast forwarded up to Jack Hermanson, David Branch. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Did you not see that on the night? What a finish, no? Unbelievable. What a finish. Well, that was only fucking 49 seconds. So yeah, yeah. I'd have got the main event, but the woke stayed there. All right. Then I'm sitting there last night and I'm flagging because obviously I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Anfield on Sunday afternoon. I'm watching oh. Liverpool's oh, fucking yeah. title-winning crusade. Scabby, done, ba- scabby, scabby, ba- scabby bastards. Liverpool winning the league. Piece mm. of piss. Put your money on it now. Um, and I'd had a couple of jars, obviously, with the title champions on the way. 
And I'm fucking feeling my eyes going again. I'm like, just in case she's ring walking. I'm like, this Yeah, but that was only amazing. on at 11 o'clock at night last night. <laughs> no, it was later than that because I'd fucking... I was, oh, you texted her, did you? Yeah, I was watching Line of Fire with the missus. Line of Duty. Line of Duty. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Class. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. See, this is the fire disciples. You think that we're eating, breathing shit in this every single day of the week. No, we're gardening. Fitz watching line, <laughs> line of Duty and mopping up shit from our kids. That's what we're up to. <laughs> Absolutely. So I missed it again. So I was like, fuck. That's why when I got here today, I was like, I've seen everything. I just haven't seen Geishi Barbara. You haven't seen the main event. You haven't yeah. seen the whole thing that this seen, is catered around. I haven't seen the two minute 30 seconds mm. of the main event. But you have now. Fucking hell. I've just made you watch it. Incredible. You're in there now, aren't you? Incredible. Saving it, man. I thought going into this fight that Justin Gaethje was made for Edson Barboza. Yes. I just thought that he's going to stand in front of him. Barboza, technical striker, could absolutely light him up, do his thing. I'm not saying he was going to stop him, but I thought he'd beat him on points by brilliant striking dis- display. Yeah. But, I thought five rounds, I thought Barboza would uh, break them legs because Gaethje just keeps plodding forward. Yeah. But, Gaethje, because he, he's, he's like a zombie, he just keeps coming forward like that. That's the perfect word he, to use. Yeah, zombie. He's a fucking monster. But you give him, you don't, in some ways, we don't treat him with enough respect of going, yeah, but he's fucking good at what he does. He's got heavy hands. He can trade with anyone. He's got a poker face. Barbosa hits him with a couple of leg kicks there, and you think, I said to you, didn't I? I said, I'd rather be hit by a car than get a Barbosa leg kick. The yeah. way he fucking, he proper volleys he it. it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he proper volleys your leg, doesn't he? <laughs> fucking hell, you volleyed me there, dickhead. It's <laughs> like a proper proper British term, but he volleys you in the leg, and you're yeah. like, ah. And but Gaethje, even though his legs getting swept, he just keeps plodding forward, pushing forward, changing leg kicks, and then that right hand to finish it. Mm. As Barbosa's trying to similar spin to away the James Vick knockout, mate, on the fence mm-hmm. as he's going away from him, yeah, right at the full extent of the of that right hook, I suppose it was right cross, caught him right on the whiskers so, and slept him absolutely. And Gaethje, listen, we talk about Gaethje all the time and his wrestling prowess, triple former AAA wrestler, all that kind of business. Doesn't use it, doesn't need it. However, is he right in saying, because of the way he fights, the relentless pace that he sets, is he right when he says he's the biggest threat to Khabib? Yeah. Because he can grapple with Khabib. Yeah, I know he can. His wrestling prowess means that he is capable of having it with Khabib in a grapple. Off the back of your what you said last week, you brought up the wrestling thing, and he's an elite-level wrestler. Why doesn't he just take Barbosa down? Because Barbosa doesn't like it on his back, right? That's it. I watched loads of little bits of interviews with him during Media Week and a few other people, obviously, who had listened to you chatting about that had picked up on it and started poking it towards him. And he said, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I might do that. But you know for well I'm not going to do that. I don't think he had fair enough, Justin. Superb. He would have to do that, though, with Khabib, wouldn't he? No, because it could Do you not think Khabib would do that? Because he'd like Khabib up in a, in a kickboxing match. I believe Gaethje would, kick, would beat Khabib up. Likewise, I think Edson Barbosa beats Khabib up. Hmm. Connor probably beats Khabib up in a kickboxing match. In fact, not probably definitely does. That's cut not Khabib's strength. Khabib's strength is being able to close the distance, take you down, and ravage you on the ground. And Barbosa and Connor can't live with that. But Gaethje on the ground in the grappling could potentially live with that style. And that's the difference. So is Gaethje the biggest threat to Khabib? He fucking could well be. Wow. Could well be. Get Gaethje Khabib on, man. man. Gaethje, man. Fucking hell. He's so punchy as well. Isn't it? He's so punchy. Yeah, that's because he defends shots with, with his face, face mate. He doesn't he's use any doing, real defense. He just walks since through. since World Series of Fighting. I truly believe it took UFC so long to sign him just because you're like, do we really want a guy that fucking well, they couldn't understand drools his soup? That's it, because they couldn't understand him on the phone when they were ringing him. I know. Just in, it's the UFC. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> 
Justin, we want to sign you. Are you happy? <laughs> and then when you see him outside the octagon as well, he's got like fucking be- milk bottle bottom glasses on and yeah. all. He, he, he's just... I love him, man. Mate, if was, you're not a fucking Justin Gaethje fan, you ain't a fight disciple, I'm sorry to say. If he, uh, next when they make his next fight, I'm 100% getting the ticket and I'm going. Yeah, he's become like a bucket list, hasn't he? He yeah. has become a bucket list fighter in the, in the UFC. Mm. Um, you mentioned Jack Manson's name. Well, you picked him last week. I told you he was wicked. I told you he was going to get a finish. I didn't think it would yeah, come but, this soon, but... Mate, he's so unconventional yep. with the finish. I mean, yep. that's not a traditional guillotine. Nope. You fuck. And, with all due respect... David Branch is a fucking black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu eyes. You don't expect someone like Jack Manson, no offence to him, to be taking him down with him 49 seconds and yep. strangling the shit out of him. Exactly. Absolutely outstanding, mate. A fucking Norwegian guy taking down a Henzo Gracie black belt. Not, not, not some friendly, a Henzo Gracie black belt, David Branch is. Yeah. And some fucking is it because Is it because the down. strangle and the guillotine was so unconventional with the arm through? Yeah, I think what you'll find is that someone like Hermanson, they'll have the, he's, he's, a, he's found this adaptive way of throwing up submissions. So maybe Branch, one, whenever you get taken down and put in a submission, all that early, when there's no grease on you, there's no sweat. You ain't going anywhere, it, It's fucking hard to get out. When that happens in the third round or whatever, there's sweat everywhere, there's a bit of blood and snot. You can slide out of stuff, but when it's so fresh like that, you're both bone dry. It can be difficult. And maybe it's just the fact that it was so unconventional. That's what caught Branch out. Branch is going into it thinking... I can live with you on the ground, so that's not going to happen. It's going to happen on its feet. And then suddenly you're getting taken down and put in a submission. Yeah. You're just thinking, what the fuck is going on? Next thing you know, you're tapping, you're out. 50 seconds, mate, gone. He's a beast, man. He's a threat, honestly. Tick, tick, tick boom. He's a guy in this middleweight division needs to look out for, Hermanson. Mm. I've been talking about him for a long time. He's only, lo- you know, he lost to Thiago Santos. He's a co- top contender now to division. Of JJ. Anyway. We'll get in to that later John on. Jones. Uh, and I think he's only ever lost another one of them. He's a former Cage Warriors champion. He's absolutely legit, man. And I, I think now he could be, again, we've talked about it before, he could be the face of Swedish MMA. Now Gustafsson is kind of, seems to be at the end of his tenure, hmm. even though he's based out of Norway. Hmm. It's the biggest star in Scandinavia, man. Biggest rising star anyway. Josh Emmett. We'll talk that, right? Because yeah. this fight was, I was watching it and I was, in, I, don't get me wrong, I was enjoying it. Michael Johnson, I thought, looked great. I yeah. thought Josh Emmett looked great. Yeah. But Michael Johnson was definitely winning the fight at the point of it all getting there. Uh, uh, at the point of the lights going out. And it was like just watching two dudes really light on their feet in a proper technical strike. Strike off, I suppose. Whereas, strike off. Whereas nothing really went. Nothing really went off. You're thinking to yourself, whoa, this is amazing. Like the main event where Gaethje. You, but you kind of admired the speed of it all. It was like they couldn't quite time each other, if that makes sense. Like Especially Emmett. He couldn't quite time the, the speed of uh, of Michael Johnson. He was getting in and out extremely fast. But we know that both of these guys carry a proper dig and it only needed one to turn the fight. And that that was basically the story of the fight, wasn't it? One shot in yeah. that third round. Changed everything. Cha- well, it stopped the fight. Mm-hmm. That's how Josh Emmett ended up winning this. He lost probably two and a half rounds, but landed the killer shot. Yeah, and he's always got that in his locker as well. You know, he's got he's always had that ability to put people out. Or in Jeremy Stevens' case, to get put out. That's yeah, but Michael Johnson so entertaining. Yeah, but Michael Johnson don't get put out. No, he doesn't. But Emmett's got that in the locker, though. Emmett's able to do that. Take it, take it deep into the fight and knock people out like that with one shot. That's a difference. And come, you know, he's behind on the scorecards yeah. as well. Yeah, I can see why afterwards he was like, "What the fuck have I got to do to get a performance bonus in this UFC?" 
His last three fights have all been knockouts, won two and lost one, but all have been amazing fights. Yeah. And it was a hell of a shot. Man. He's like the he's like the American version of Danny Roberts. Like he's always in fucking entertaining fights, man. He could mm. get sparked, he could spark someone else, but he's always in entertaining fights and he should have a lot more uh performance bonuses than he has got. I don't even know whether he's got a USC performance bonus, but fucking hell. When you look at his body of work, you wonder how how he hasn't. Sensational knockout. Now, Karate Hottie. Yes. Right? She what, was brilliant. Mate, what a performance against uh, Carolina. Didn't see that. I thought Carolina was, was going to Hang on, hang on. What did I say last week? Mm. You know what I said. Mm. You know what I said. Don't you fucking deny that I didn't say it. Did you get one right, did you? Did oh, you, there he did is. You say there he points, is. Did you? I said that she'd fucking light her up. Now, the reason why is because the last couple of performances, I thought, I thought with Michelle, it's like the pennies dropped a little bit weird because we've been here before. She's got everything outside the outside the octagon. Yeah. To be a superstar. Oh, to be a, a proper girl, superstar. Like we've seen her on the front cover of ESPN magazine and Sports Illustrated and all those types of things. She's yeah. got the mom story. She's got all that, right? But then when sometimes she steps up to the next level of opponent in the octagon, it just falls flat a little bit. But mm. recently, she's put a little bit of a run together. And I just thought the timing was right for Carolina. Carolina... I don't think it's been the same since losing the all Polish class uh, no. clash against uh, Joanna. And I just thought to myself, there's a this is the perfect time now for Michelle to put a proper performance together to take a real scalp in this division and really propel herself forward for getting herself a title shot. You can't deny that now. After that at the weekend and the run that she's currently on, you think to yourself, yeah, go on, girl. Yeah. The the problem with Michelle, I I thought prior to this win, and you're right, this is a breakthrough win. This is the one where she pushes on now and because of what camp she's in and where she is and how long she's been campaigning and let's face it, how she looks, she will probably get a title shot sooner rather than later. But I don't forget she's a former atom weight champion in Invicta in the old women's promotion. And I, I just don't know whether she's big enough at store weight. Mm-hmm. You know, she lost to Rose convincingly. Yeah. She loses because she's just not big enough for this weight class. But you're right, that's three big wins now. Carolina's a big uh, store weight as well. It's a big win over the store. Won every round. Looked great, didn't it? Mate, took it down. Yeah, I man. thought that she was going to get the sub on there at yeah. one point. Fair play to Carolina that. to getting out of there. There were moments in that last round where I thought, I just want one of them roundhouse kicks to land. If it fucking landed, you're talking about the viral moment of the night. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my days. Because yeah. we're talking literally whiskers away from landing on the on the chin of uh, Carolina. And they look good, don't you? She throws it so well. Yeah. Well, that's fucking Mike Winklejohn, 101, and know what I mean? That's that's where she's coming from. And I think with, with Holly Hom as a sparring partner in her corner mm. as well, I think uh, the problem with the problem with her, she's got everything to be a superstar. Yeah. But you just it just didn't seem to be clicking. Whereas now, it looks like it's clicking. Now the UFC must be licking their lips together. But the story's that, there. Fuck me. Mum at home, working mum, the speech at the end, all about mum, 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 yeah. on Mother's Day. Exactly. You think to yourself, yeah, go on, girl. Now you're fucking Smash at it. it. If you're the marketing dude at the UFC, you're looking at that, you're thinking, ah, oh, now we get it. All right, so she can beat top contenders. And now, right, okay. I'm sure the all-American mum will get behind this particular kid. Yep. She's got it. But the viral moment wasn't hers. The viral moment was absolutely Paul Craig's fucking late submission again. Mate. He loves it, doesn't he? He fucking Said it loves last week. a late submission. What is it with him? I don't know. It's weird. Did you see his speech at the end, which non-American will uh, be able to understand? <laughs> I'm in the home of Philadelphia, so I'll give you a rocky moment. <laughs> yeah. Last minute, last minute win. <laughs> Adrian. That's it. Full on Adrian. Fair play, Paul, mate. Yeah, man. I, Brilliant. 
I think he's the guy with the back. His back is against the wall in every fight in the UFC because he's he's, no, his back's on the floor, mate. Well, he, yeah, loves yeah. he loves he's it. He loves it down there. Of getting of losing any fight. The stand up's not great, but his strength is on the ground. I said on last week's show, he should pull guard, and fu- thank fuck he did. He pulled guard many times in this fight. We should just only do this show because what we say on this show kind of comes true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. When boxing show, boxing never show. Does. No. <laughs> We curse everybody in boxing. Yeah. On here, we, 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 we seem actually to give not... good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Paul Craig took that advice and ran with it. But even in the stand-up, though, I thought he was beating Kennedy up in the stand-up. The stand-up game was fucking way better. Yeah. He was winning the stand-up. And then when he was pulling guard, he was dominating on the ground as well. I thought that... I thought he looked vulnerable, though, in the stand-up, man. He does, because he's not great. But I, I wasn't impressed with that Kennedy stand-up either. No. He, he, to be honest, like, he didn't look good enough for me. And this is no slight on Paul Craig. Kennedy didn't look good enough to be in the UFC. I've got to be honest. Okay. But all that matters right now Keith is Keith Peterson was taking no shit with them fingers, were he? Fucking telling you, yeah. Straight in there. He jumped says, all over him, You stick he? them fingers in his eyes again, Sunshine, and we'll be... I'll, I'll fucking stick the fingers in you as well. well that's why I got the warning, isn't it? And he was grabbing the fence and shit like that. Yeah. Again, he just look, looks a bit more, a bit too early to be in the UFC for me. But the good thing is now, Paul has stopped the two fights, Kid. He's won two of his last three. The other one was a defeat to Jimmy Crute down in Australia, which is... Which was again a late submission on him though. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's had that last second submission in London when he was losing. Yeah. He had the last ten second submission in Australia when he was winning. When he was winning, and then he's had a last thirty second submission here in a fight when he was winning as well. So if you're Paul Craig right now, you'd be thinking from where he was back in two thousand at the end of two thousand seventeen, losing two fights when you were like, oh, fuck, and losing it, you know, getting beat up in London before he pulled that sub out. He looked like he was going out the UFC. Whereas now you think he's kind of locked in, man. There's no issue there whatsoever. He shouldn't be looking over his shoulder. He should just be looking forward to, okay, what's next? Yeah. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep pulling guard. Use your kicks and punches to close the distance like Paul Sach used to do to get close enough to take the guy down and fucking pull guard if you need to because off your back you're slick. Mate, he's unbelievably slick. I mean, there were a couple of occasions where he missed and like you just said a couple of moments ago, because of the sweat, because of the yeah. the snot everywhere. And, and listen, he, it slipped out a couple of times. What I was saying about Kennedy is a decent fighter makes Paul Craig pay at that point. But Kennedy wasn't good enough to make him pay. So he got away with some really sloppy takedown attempts. Mm. But ultimately, Paul Craig's game shouldn't be trying to get a wrestling takedown, trying to do a single or a double leg. His game should be throw your kicks and punches to get close enough to put him against the fence, lock a body lock in, and fucking pull him down on top of you. Guard. That should be Paul Craig's fucking ABC. <laughs> Don't deter from it. Man, I'm telling you, because he'll mm. win fights. He'll win more than he loses, I'm mm. telling you. Mm. Um, did you catch any... Uh, go on, do you want to mention something on prelims before I start talking one championship in Eddie Alvarez? Yeah, man. I just want to mention um, the fact that Ross Pearson, why, why everyone in this country should fucking love Ross. Ten years in the UFC. I've seen loads of stuff kind of from him and from his wife, Christy, who's a ring card girl. Uh, kind of going fucking 10 years and, and but I haven't actually seen him say I'm retiring so that's a decision maybe he's still to make or whatever but 10 year UFC tenure fucking absolutely brilliant a pioneer all that kind of business ticks every box for me right up there in the same bracket as fucking Dan Hardy and Michael Bispin one of the top echelon guys that pushed it forward for UK MMA but what I love about Ross is probably the one thing that's kind of hampering him now as he gets towards the tail end of his career is Ross ain't changing for no one. 
Ross Pearson is the same Ross Pearson. That one tough is the same Ross Pearson you see today. Mm. And no doubt he does three a days. No doubt his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu has jumped up levels compared to where they were 10 years ago. Of course they have. He's developed everywhere. But he still fights like Ross Pearson. He still wants to knock your head off. He still wants to kick the legs from under you. And he's not afraid to fucking, to just go for it. Mm. It reminds me of um, one of my favorite Mel Gibson movies. And there's more than one. Is Signs. Have you ever seen the movie Signs? No. With Joaquin Phoenix in it. It's fucking class. How have you not seen Signs? I can't believe that you're a Mel Gibson fan. Of course. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, so in this movie Signs, yeah, it's about an alien invasion. <laughs> Here we fucking go. <laughs> right, go on. And Mel Gibson's like a preacher. Um, this is all fucking side story for no reason whatsoever. Joaquin Phoenix is his brother. And Joaquin Phoenix is a talented baseball player but never made it in baseball as a pro <laughs> because as even though he had the longest hits in the fucking state or whatever, he was also the most striked out bat- battered in, the, in, in baseball. Okay, whatever that means. Okay. The point I'm fucking trying to make is there's a line in the movie where someone goes like, fucking hell, if you'd only had learned how to, you know, punt every now and again, you'd have made it. And his comment is, it felt wrong not to throw. And that reminds me so much of Ross Pearson. Here he is, can't string two wins together. Deep in his career, he's still getting good ESPN TV coverage. He's fighting guys with a lot less experience, a lot younger than him. And yet, regardless of all the experience, he's got everything else. For Ross Pearson, it feels wrong not to throw. That's why I love Ross Pearson. Nice. He gets in there, he lets his fucking hands go. He lets his kicks go. He's not parking God the bus. God love you, Ross. He's not parking the bus, God man. love you, mate. You're not trying to fucking eke your way through anything. You're not trying to old man Desmond Green out with a points grind and points decision. Ah, oh, you fuck. You're still the same Ross Pearson, that one tough. And I love him for that. I love him for it. Yes, it's probably fucking, you know, pushing him towards retirement a little bit quicker. But... Man, that's Ross Pearson. That's what you pay for. That's why he was. That's why the UFC will not let him go. They won't release him. Ross Pearson will make the decision to end his UFC career and his MMA career. The UFC won't let him go because Ross Pearson always turns up, and he's Ross Pearson. He's not afraid to fuck. Felt wrong not to let it, let them go. That might be tonight's title of uh, of the show. Feels wrong it. not to swing. Um, one championship. They're mad in Tokyo, aren't they? Our mate Jim was out there. He's gone out to Tokyo. Yeah. He's been enjoying himself. He was sending videos back and all sorts of little bits and bats. Uh, Eddie Alvarez and uh, Demetrius Johnson making their debuts for uh, the One Championship franchise. Didn't go so well for Eddie, did it? Fucking hell. Now, he, j- he, look- he looked a bit scared, which yeah. sounds weird to say about a mixed martial arts fighter. Like, he's gone out to Tokyo. Like, it were all... This is a kid that's walked to the octagon against Conor McGregor. It doesn't get bigger than that. No. It does not get bigger than that. And okay, maybe on that particular night, it did get a little bit too much for him. Nothing else should ever get to that, those levels ever again. He's, he's making his debut in Tokyo. All right, that's a little bit alien. He's, he's out there with all these mad screaming fans. But he's fighting a guy that he should comfortably take care of. And he, he, he just didn't get going at all, did he? No, it was weird. It was... a. Uh... It was completely unexpected, completely unexpected because it, this wasn't his Japanese debut. He fought in Dream for years. Oh, yeah, he but he's, fucking, he's won championship debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he's been he was a star in Japanese MMA before he became, got into Bellator and became a star there. So he conquered Japan, then he conquered Bellator, then he came to the UFC and became UFC champion. Mm-hmm. So he'd fucking done it everywhere anyway. So walking into one, 
he's got the kind of experience fighting all over the world. He may have even fought in the Saitama Super Arena before. So there was no reason for him to turn up and just be caught like that. And and you're right. It's like that. Look at everyone Connor beats. Look how their career trajectory goes after they lose to Connor. Mm. They fucking just go up. Mm. But with Eddie Alvarez, he's the enigma. He's gone down. He's won one fight since he got beat by Connor. Yeah. Justin Gaethje, you know, as in, as as awesome as that knockout was. But there's no reason for it. I, like I was watching it on my phone, like because it was free to stream in the UK on the one on the one app, which is awesome. And I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's just weird. It, you're right. You got, it looked a little bit like a cat caught in the headlights. Mm. In total contrast, though, the DJ fight. I was actually entertained by a DJ fight. Normally, he's just having his wicked way. And don't get me wrong, Henry Cejudo, I was fascinated by that fight, even though Henry Cejudo is now pissing me off a bit. But that fight actually fascinated me. Yeah. And now DJ going out there, I thought to myself, what's it going to be like? Is he just going? To, is it just going to be the same again, where he dominates every man and his dog with his supreme technique? I actually thought he got a little bit of a knock here. He got caught a couple of times. I thought, this is, this is all right. And then the, the way that he went about the finish... Man, that was a hell of a finish. You know what I mean? He weren't letting that fucker go, would he? No, absolutely not. This DJ at his best, and this is what he does, man. This is fucking. It's that he lived up to it. Yeah, he did. Whereas Eddie Alvarez looked like it was a bit too much for him. Exactly, and this is why the event was called fucking One Championship New Era. You know, because it was like this is the next. The, we're stepping forward now because we've got two UFC former UFC champions coming over. We're now not just an Asian promotion. We're now really fucking embedding ourselves as a global rival yeah. to the UFC by having big stars. You know, a UF former two UFC former champions coming in who arguably were still top five in their own weight divisions in the UFC. They just decided to come over here. From oh, DJ was 100%. 100%. It, it makes sense. But you're right. DJ delivered. Absolutely. And Adi I've Al- actually... Adi Alvarez got core cold. If you've listened to the show on a regular basis, you will know we've slagged DJ. We've yeah. slagged him a lot. Nothing yeah. to do with his abilities. It's just to do with his attitude of not stepping up in weight and really pushing and challenging himself. This is a new challenge. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm back on board. It's weird, isn't it, how yep. fickle we can be as fans. I'm back on board on the DJ trade now, especially when I see a fight at the weekend like that, where I think, that's that's a bit competitive, that, for a DJ fight. What the fuck's going on there? Yeah, He got tagged a couple of times. He's got a little mouse under his eye, but still managed to get a tremendous finish. Great finish. I can't wait to see him fight again. No, me too. I'm looking forward to this semi-final, to this flyweight Grand Prix. And that's the good thing about it. They haven't just threw him in with the flat for a flyweight title fight. They brought him in and put him in a flyweight Grand Prix tournament, which is wicked. Mm. Obviously, the same thing with Alvarez, but obviously he's out of that tournament now. But for me, it was a wicked card because I was glued to it then. Because I tuned in when it, when, the, when the main card started on the phone. So I only tuned in at Eddie and so stayed the, with it for well, the DJ fight. Just before Eddie, there was a kickboxing fight. Just kickboxing. So well, in, the, in, the, yeah, in yeah. the octagon or in yeah, the ring? Yeah. No, no, in, in, the, in the... I didn't see that. In the one octagon, which was mad to watch. Yeah, but Because they're wearing MMA gloves, got ankle straps on like kickboxers and my, th- my fight fighters tend to do. But when they got a knockdown, the referee stepped in well, and gave them a standing count. And it was fucking weird watching it. In the cage as well? Yeah, yeah, in the cage. Just a kickboxing fight going on in the cage. But when if you just tuned in, now you're like, what the fuck is the referee doing? 
But I kind of like that. I kind of like that. The rules are slightly different in one. There's different, you know, they're compared to the unified rules. I like the fact they put kickboxing and tie fights on the bill as well. Yeah. Just to fucking break it up a bit, man. Just to have that little bit of entertainment. And then the main just a card scrap. here. It's just a scrap. Yeah, exactly. The main card here absolutely delivered. Angela Lee, who's like the poster girl of yeah. one, she gets beat. That was fucking mad. Yeah, saw that. And then Bibiando Fernandez looked brilliant to win the one bantamweight championship. And then Shinya Oki, who's a fucking leg end, uh, wins by arm triangle in the first round in the main event. Mate, I was blown away. I was texting Jim as well, going, mate, that looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And he was like, mate, this is pride. This is this, the, all the showmanship was pride. He was sitting in like some fucking sumo VIP lounge. It was weird. But anyway, I know Lauren Mack, who's head PR for one, and my old. Uh, apprentice at Fight Fighters Only magazine, Michael Owens. He's the UK PR. So I'm fucking on the phone to both of them today. <laughs> You're off to you Tokyo. Were, you were talking about bucket lists earlier. I want to go to Tokyo to see one championship live. Mm. And something tells me if fucking Jim Edwards is getting sent out there, one are fucking buying flights for people. So Lauren, Michael, <laughs> expect a phone call, boys. The fight decides wants wants to, to come to Tokyo. That's it. Mate, it looks amazing. The event great. did look, look tremendous. Look wicked, yeah. um, there's no fights this weekend for us to get stuck into in the world of UFC. There's a little bit of other stuff going on, which we'll get to in a minute, but we're going to have to talk about Conor retiring because it dropped literally as our show dropped last Tuesday. Yeah, Conor McGregor overnight coming into uh, that uh, build-up of last week's uh, UFC show announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. Yep. So we'll see you at the end of the year, yeah, Connor. Uh, so we're six days on and he's still retired. So yeah, it's a record for Connor. He was tweeting over the weekend. He was having a little bit of banter back and forth. He's been training. He's been doing a bit of boxing last week. In, I think yeah. he was in New Mexico or something like that. Listen, end of the year, we'll see you, son. Yeah, as I, you know, my reaction. A lot of people are saying July, but I, I, I'd say a little bit later than that. Yeah. Listen, when anything good like that happens with Connor, any news around Connor? We, we love it in the peace household because it fucking rains money. It's some of that Connor money, Mate, baby. you were Mate, not... I was whoring myself out. I was on literally every fucking national radio station in this country for about five hours that day, that morning. Honestly, it cleaned up. It was brilliant. So more of that, please, Connor. Hope he hasn't retired because fucking... I've ordered an extension there. Have you? Connor's paying for it. Yeah. We'll call it the Connor room. That's it. The Connor war room. <laughs> so we better not have retired. But there's, there's so much... The problem is there's so much going on around Connor right now, shit that we can't talk about, but there's a shitstorm waiting to happen over here, potentially. Yeah. Or maybe it just dies and goes away. Well, I doubt it, because the New York Times have named him now. Well, they did. They jumped all over it now, yeah, but British and Irish press can't report on no. it. So check out the New York Times if you're interested. But I know people in Ireland do it a bit like, oh, this shit ain't going away. So that's got to play out. And maybe that, ultimately is why he's kind of distanced himself from that UFC. So yeah, maybe. if the headlines do start ringing out, it's former UFC champion rather than UFC, UFC champion or UFC superstar, um, which may be, I don't know. Anyway, I, I think you're right. I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't fight again before the end of the year. I also think it's a major power play on Connor's part, obviously. Huge. Because, I, I listen, I, I was... Sadly, when I uh, was uh, checking my social media feed, your face kept fucking turning up because you were doing Skype interviews, audio interviews, every bloody man and his dog. Nobody wants to see that over the Cocoa Pops. This is why we do a podcast, right? <laughs> True. Audio only, yeah. <laughs> right? True. Uh, but you did keep popping up and you were talking about, obviously, the new way that uh, the UFC, with their deal with ESPN, is obviously now taking a different 
um, strategy and a different way of yeah. them making money. It's not 100% about making pay-per-view no, money. No, it's still there. Of yeah. course, it's still a prevalent uh, way of the, the business model, but it's now all about, not all about, but the majority of it is about subscriptions yes. and growing fan base and not necessarily relying on major names. It's more about the brand and people buying into the brand rather than people buying into the major names. However, yeah. at some point, they're going to realise Conor McGregor, with all due respect, is bigger than the UFC. That's fact. Yes. People will... Un- if, you, if you're going to want to pull these big numbers in, I mean, nobody else is doing 2 million plus, 1.5 million plus on these no. pay-per-view buys. It's all him. Yeah. Uh, he could fight your That's fucking... That's just US. Absolutely. He could fight your fucking gran and yeah. he'd pull the numbers in. So at some point... There will be some more zeros from ESPN on yes. the check to Conor McGregor. And have to, you know, that's just and the way it is. Back. That's just the way it is, and that's you know, and that's where we are at the moment in terms of. Listen, he's got the kind of money that means he could fucking disappear onto an island somewhere, Richard Branson style, and never be seen again, and live quite comfortably like that for the rest of his life. Certainly with the whiskey <laughs> fucking topping up his bank account and future generations as well, of course, to be able to do that. But go back to six years ago when he was on the dole, when he was fighting MMA for fucking yerbs for buttons when he was getting supported by his girlfriend and his family and everything else that doesn't just die that the, the person that got him up to train three times a day when he had no money and was in it even when he was a fucking cage warriors champion he was in a couple of grand yeah the person that drove him to be that champion then wasn't 100% motivated by money no he was also motivated by the fact he wanted to be the best mixed martial artist right. he could and that Part of him hasn't died. You're right. You're 100% right with that. And that is a thing that I just wanted to bring up on today's show because a lot of people think that Conor McGregor is solely motivated by money. The money has followed him. There's no question about that. But if you look down his career, all the things that are connected to certain fights have always been greater than money. Yes, he's getting weighed in. And yes, he's pulling in big, big pay-per-view numbers. And the money is a fucking hard-on for him. You know what I mean? Of of him to say, I'm the highest earning UFC star. No question about that. But to become champion at 145, to become champion at 155, to challenge himself at welterweight, to then get get that one back at welterweight, to then become a champ champ simultaneously. There's always been something. Bar the Khabib fight. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the Khabib fight, what did he come back for? What did he come back for? Yep. There was nothing on the fight. No. So he came back. Was the motivation properly there? I don't think it was. Two years out as well, don't forget. Exactly. I don't think the motivation was properly there. I think if you can you can dangle something for Connor where there's an opportunity to maybe become a champion in another weight category or there's something else. There's add something to else. Legacy. Yeah, to add to a legacy, of course. Yeah. Yes, the money's gonna have to be right. He ain't gonna do it for fuck all. But you need to add to his legacy. That's then you get the proper Connor McGregor back. Yeah. I think we'll see him regardless of that. But to get the very best Connor McGregor, there has to be something greater than money on the fight. Yeah. The only thing in the Khabib fight was Khabib's O. That was pretty much all he had on the line. You'll add Khabib's O to your Is legacy. Connor asked about that? No. That's not Connor. No. No. And that's why that's why when he before the Khabib fight, we were all talking, we were getting so excited about potentially adding a 165 weight division or 162.5 and him fighting GSP. That's the type of fight Connor gets up for. Yeah. That's the type of thing. Oh, I can become a three weight world champion with this first one in a new weight division. Yeah. All that stuff. Whereas matching him with Khabib, it was all wrong from stylistically anyway. Maybe you're right. But right right here, right now, I, I, I genuinely still think it's 60 40 that we see him back inside the octagon ever, period. I think there's a big chance it still doesn't happen just because of the shitstorm that is potentially on the horizon. But. In, I, in I his think, heart I of hearts, Connor wants to fight. Right. In his heart of hearts, regardless yes. of the fact he's sleeping on silk sheets, he's flying around on private jets, he's living a six fucking star hotel yes. lifestyle. 
in his heart of hearts, he believes right now he will fight again. Yes. But the great thing about Conor, he's known this pretty much since he, in the build-up to the Aldo fight when he, be, when he fought for the interim belt. Since then, Conor knows what he's worth. He knows what he's worth. Yeah. He is the most wanted fighter on this planet. Bigger than Canelo, bigger yeah. than Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Sells more tickets than any of them, more pay-per-views, sorry, than any of them. He is the biggest star in fight sports, period. And he knows it. So if Canelo Alvarez is getting fucking 300, 400 million dollar deals off the zone, then Conor McGregor will not fall into line with UFC's deal with ESPN. He wants his own deal with ESPN. Yeah. He wants ESPN to go, okay, we've paid UFC, that's for you. Now let's go and deal, do a deal with Conor McGregor. Yeah. You come over, we'll pay you 400 million for five fights over the next two years. Are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. Gunned. Here we go. That's it. But until a shitstorm on the horizon fucks off, ESPN may, m- might not want to make that no, kind of No, I agree difference. with that. I agree with that. But I personally believe that we will see him again. I don't, I'm not saying that we're going to see him come back and be the old Conor McGregor again because I don't know whether the motivation's right. I think we will see him again. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that, it will, that we will see him in the octagon again. I'm not too sure. Um, speaking of badasses, John Jones, he dipped a little bit of a tease in this week, didn't he? He gives a little bit of a tease saying that he fancied a little bit of Stipe. What do you reckon, boys? Should we do it for International Fight Week? Then the fucking day after, I'm staying at light heavyweight, lads, and fighting Tiago Santos. Listen, I'm not throwing shade on that fight. That's a fight that we spoke about two weeks ago. And we we're all buzzing for it. That's the fight that had to be made at light heavy if John Jones was sticking around. But don't dangle me. Don't get me gooch tingling, right? Don't be doing that, as we were talking about a little earlier on. He gave me just a little glimmer that we were going to see John Jones DC at some point at heavyweight. He gave it me, and then he took it away within 24 hours. But the Thiago Santos fight is great. The Thiago Santos fight is absolute flames. Can't wait for UFC 239, this, by the way. International um, fight week. And it's Nunes versus Holly Holm on the undercard as well. Or the core man, should I say. Yeah. Which is, again, an absolute outstanding fight. Yeah. And Masvidal Ben Askren's been penciled in for that show as well. Do you want to talk about that? Ben, ben Askren. Leon, Asperger. I'm sorry, mate. Oh, man, I, know, I know you're going to be gutted. gutted. to Leon. But do you know what I mean? That's like, going, that's like going to the counter at KFC, asking for your three-piece and a soda and it coming cold. That's basically what's happened to Leon, isn't it? Yeah. He thought that he was getting some hot fucking chilli sauce on it. Yeah, I know. Poor Leon's out in the fucking cold again. What, what happens to him? Who does he fight? Because every potential opponents he had yeah. are now fighting each other. Yeah, but they're all... Fuck ex- them off. Look at the, the whole top ten. They're all fucking fighting. Yeah. Everybody's got a knock. I know. Even Kevin Lee, who's coming up to his weight category, has got a knock. He's got a better knock. Oh, yeah, exactly. Against Raphael. I know. It's fucking... It's horrific on Leon, because what's he got to do? He's got one of the best win runs in the welterweight division put yeah. together. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, if you're not marketable as a star to the UFC, if you're not a commodity, this is a guy that fought in London and got booed to the octagon to take on a guy from Iceland. Booed, like, fucking not one or two. The arena, the entire O2 arena booed him now. I know. Play up to it then. A lot of that. Play up da- to that. Exactly. A lot of that is because of the slight he was booed. on Darren Till. Yeah, yeah. And Darren Till obviously was the main event that night. There's, there's an explanation. Yeah, but Askren's done that. And look at look at him. You know what I mean? He but got booed. Askren, he plays the role. He, he fucking stole the show in the Q&A. There wasn't this, we were sitting right front row centre. But that's what I'm and saying. And at the end, they had everyone eating out the palm of yeah, his hands. Yeah, but Rocky should do that. If you're getting booed in the 80 yeah. and they're giving it the fucking big and play up, don't yeah. like go, oh, no, no, no. This is the time now when Rocky should be doing fucking every media source, should be do, pushing for every interview he can possibly get. But to, as what usually happens with Rocky Edwards, he has his fights, he does his media week. Then you don't hear then from he him. disappears until yeah, the UFC man. go, oh, Rocky Edwards is fighting in Cologne. Oh, right, okay. And then you'll see him in Cologne doing media. It's like... 
So do you blame the UFC for that, or do you blame Rocky Edwards and his management no. team for that? I blame I blame Rocky Edwards because look at Ban Eskren. He's on fucking social media every single day. Yeah, using his own platforms, turning up on Ariel Awani's show, turning up on all different bits and bats, isn't he? Giving everybody shit. Yeah. Like at the weekend, I think, I can't remember what comment he made, but I just giggle every time I see him now. He's calling somebody out, isn't he? Yeah. He's giving somebody some shit. Listen, Rocky's looked after by Paradigm. You know, Paradigm, I've got Connor. Paradigm, I've got Bisping. They're no fucking joke. They know what they're doing in this sport. And I know they listen to this show, so good cover. Nice. Yeah, exactly. So Paradigm needs to be fucking pushing Rocky yeah. forward. He should be on every channel. He should be doing every we'll have interview. Him. We'll have him on. Yeah, man, get Rocky on. I'll go to Birmingham and spend time with Rocky. I'll do a day with him if he wants. But you're right. He's once again. He's the odd man out in this 170-pound division. And doesn't deserve to be really Does he through, fuck? through performances. Form-wise, without, without looking at everyone in this welterweight division's win, win and loss record, I'd, I'd be surprised if Rocky Edwards not top three. Mm. I'd be surprised because, is, what's he had now? Six, seven wins on a spin? Seven on the spin. Fucking come on. Who the fuck else is doing that at 170? Mm. He's got to be top three in terms of form. Mm. And yet his, his face just doesn't fit. Mm. Nganu D- Junior De Santos is on that card as well. Do you know what? I was been thinking about this. Are we going? I think we should go. <laughs> I think we should go because you've never been to UFC Fight Week in Vegas. No. It's a three-day event. Yeah. There's the whole festival, the whole thing. Loads of stuff going on morning, noon, and night. Obviously, they usually have two back-to-back cards, Look one on the you. Friday, one Look on the Saturday. You. It's you, a fucking no, experience. I, no, I know what you're doing now, right? This is what you're doing. You are now using me in order to go back to your wife to say, <laughs> Adam's come up with this idea. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. We're going to Vegas. July 4th to July 6th. What's happening? Um, our mate Henry Cejudo's got himself a knock against uh, Marlon Moraes. That's happening at UFC 238 for the vacant Bantamweight Championship, which I think is absolute bullshit. He's the man that was supposed to be saving the flyweight division. Do you remember that? Do you remember those speeches that he gave before he took on DJ and saved the flyweight division when we all got on board and thought, yes, Henry, absolutely superb. Ever since that victory... How can you become that champ and how can you have so many people on your side and then everybody be looking at you now, what, three months later down the line thinking, shut the fuck up, constantly, constantly going on about other weight categories. He's just basically, so, he's, he's one of these Brexit politicians is what he is, mate. He sold us an idea yeah. and now he's doing something totally different. Hang on, I bought into you two minutes ago. Why are you doing this? Why are you going up to Bantamweight? Don't get me wrong, at some point there will be an opportunity that I'll probably call and say, you need to go up to Bantamweight now because you're mopping up the flyweight division. Yeah, like, like we were for DJ yeah. for 18 months. But you've only just you become champ, mate. Go and defend it against some of these kids that maybe deserve a little bit of a shot. Do two or three of them and then we'll go, all right, then yeah, go on. Go and have a bit of a crack at the Bantamweight champion. You deserve, you've earned your stripes to become a, a champ champ. Not in for a vacant title. With all due respect now, Marlon Marias, who I'm a massive fan of, I hope he starches him. Yeah, me too. Especially when you've got, we we talked about Pedro Munoz, who maybe deserves a shot. Pet Jan, maybe a little, not yet, but maybe at the end of the year, deserves There's a shot. There's three or four guys Aljo in the as well. division that, you know, so you don't move sort of bantamweight now. Firstly, I think if the UFC truly do want to get rid of flyweights, it's done. It's, it's done, done now. now. It's over. You've fucked it. You've fucked everyone. You've ruined, you've ruined the That's careers why they're making the of fight. dozens of fighters. That's why they're making it though. Sejudo should come out and say, no, I'm not going. Yeah. I'm staying here. I'm protecting this flyweight division. Like you said when you fought TJ. That's the point. That's what you said. You said, I'm the saviour of the flyweight division. I'm representing all the flyweights. I'm going to keep this division alive. Because if if Dillashaw wins and goes back to Bantam, they'll shut flyweights down. And I'm not going to be that guy. I'm fighting for us all. And then he beats him. He beats fucking TJ. And now he's the one. He wants to move to... I think it's fucking outrageous. And you would... 
So right here, right now, so who's the best flyweight? Demetrius Johnson, yeah. by our mouth. Yeah. UFC, Demetrius Johnson solidified his reign as the best flyweight in UFC history. He lost one fight by a split decision to Henry Cejudo, who he'd beaten previously. There you go. So what's Henry, Henry Cejudo's legacy of flyweight? Mm. What, catching, T, catching DJ on a bad night? You could fucking certainly argue Catching weight drain TJ? Yeah. So... Listen, man, I'm, uh, I'm, we're not fans of Henry Cejudo anyway, because let's be honest, he's a dick. Isn't he? He's a dick. He walks around like he owns the place. He turns was, up at the opening as a I, fridge door. I, I was a fan, but like you've just said, since he's become champ, since he did TJ, yeah. he's, he's just everywhere. You think, mate, come on. I know. Chill. We know, we know who you are. We yeah. know the score. We know you're the little fat Zoolander. <laughs> We've seen you before with your weird hair. Do one. Doesn't do it for me, man. And you're right. I hope Mariah absolutely starches him. I just hope. Oh. You know what? It, it could go down on his legacy. The guy that the guy that fucking ended the flyweight division. Mm. Whereas six months ago, he was telling us he was the savior of the flyweight division. So he deserves everything he gets. Oh, little fat Zoolander. That's it. Yes, he he's got that weird Zoolander here, hasn't he? That's the name of the show. <laughs> Fat Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing to preview this weekend from the world of UFC. Uh, anything catching your eye from any other MMA franchises this weekend, Nicholas? No, I think it's a quiet one. There's no Cage Warriors. Quiet. There's no Bellator, There's I don't no. think. Is there a Bellator? I don't know. It's hard to keep track with Bellator. I know they're doing a press conference in, in the UK this week. Gego Masassi, my favourite boy. He's uh, topping the bill at June 22nd, I think it is, isn't it? Yep. There you go. Uh, so there you go. That's, that, that'll <laughs> be the show. Because there isn't, there isn't any uh, fights this weekend in UFC. There's none in boxing, so we're having a weekend off. Feet up. Might have to go out with a wife on Saturday. Okay, now. Jesus. <sighs> the Grand National. If you want any betting tips, don't come to us. <laughs> Just go off in there and pick a colour. Exactly, yeah. As you know, William Hill are our exclusive betting partner here at Fight Disciples. Do they do in-round betting on the horses? They may well do in-round betting or in-fence betting on the horses. <laughs> That's what it should do. In-fence betting? Will your horse fall at this fence? Oh. I'll have a bet. Beaches broke. He's gone. That, you know what? Like There's a market that. there. Yeah, I'll, like I'll, e- I'll email William. I'll let him know about that. Look into it. But yeah, no bets this week. Obviously, we had. I haven't been doing terribly well with the bets um, for the last few weeks. I've been trying to fucking predict finishes. And as anyone knows that listens to this show that likes MMA, fucking MMA is one of the most difficult sports in the world to actually predict. But we're still up and running. Our fiver from the start of the year is still going strong. Just yeah, uh, and we'll be back quid. next week. With, yeah. <laughs> We've got. I think we were almost at under quid at one point, but we're back. We're back down now. Yeah, to the to the dregs. But we'll be back next week with some bets exclusively with our bet partner, William Hill. There you go. Make sure you subscribe to us, Fight Disciples, on iTunes. You can get us on fightdisciples.com for all Android feeds. Uh, Instagram is at the Fight Disciples at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to be all over our YouTube channel because Nick's going to go to Birmingham and hang out with uh, Rocky Edwards at some point for a little bit of a chat. I hope so. And make yeah. it, and make Let's him make that happen. Make him swear a bit and, uh, yeah. and get him on there. Let's get Rocky a big fight, man. There you go. Um, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.